When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I'm your host, Cornholio, and tonight on the Destiny Show, we welcome one of the most talented Guardians in our community. He is the founder of Get Wrecked Labs, and he is the man responsible for some of the branding behind the most incredible content creators in the Destiny community. He makes them look good, and he helps them succeed. He is the awesome brand expert and one of the most respected Destiny community artists. We're excited to welcome on the show the awesome Anubis. Thank you so much, Anubis, for being here today. No, my pleasure, man. Thank you for that intro. I'll have to um, record that and play that back to my girlfriend next time she uh, gives me a hard time. I've <laughs> 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 been described in such high regard, so thank you very much. <laughs> well, and thank you for everything you do in our community, and we're going to put you on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. But before we do, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How's it going tonight? It's going a lot better than last week, let me tell you that right now. Like, uh... I'm feeling like 100% better. Like I finally rid myself of this uh, this sickness that I had. I mean, it was just a cold, but it just, you know, it just felt horrible. That's all. But I didn't have a fever or anything. So I'm just glad it wasn't COVID. I'm just glad it wasn't COVID. So there yeah. you go. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of next-gen, like, new, you know, news that we've been getting this week. They finally get you know the final uh embargoes have been listed on the on the series x so there's been a lot of impressions out today about series x and we got some information about uh, destiny 2 and it's uh next generation upgrades that it's getting we have to wait a little longer than beyond light unfortunately but we'll talk about it more you know later and we're gonna dive into that in just a little bit but before we do we have a quick announcement to make and we want to actually dedicate tonight's episode of the destiny show to our awesome community manager Deej, who announced today that he will be retiring from bungie as of november and we're grateful for everything that he has done for our community for being the face of destiny for 
all the weekly updates that he put out and for all of the love and care that he put into this community and into the game that we love. So Deej, thank you so much for everything that you do and we wish you all of the best in the journey ahead and we will see you soon, Guardian. Thank you again for yeah, everything. Shout out to Deej, man. He's the, he's the homie. Yeah, and tonight's episode will be dedicated to him. <laughs> yeah. But on that note, we have something else to talk about. We have our discussion with the Guardians, and we're going to put Anubis on the hot seat. We're going to learn much more about Anubis, who he is, what he does, and how he got started. So, Anubis, I hope you're ready. Uh, I think so. We'll soon right. find out, though, I think. But before we start, I'd be good to, um, I think just to, on the the point about Deej, like Deej has always been amazing to the UK community. I know we, we spoke about it briefly offline, um, how much support he's given to us over the years in terms of the charity events we've done over here. And he's always made a real effort to get across the water and kind of take us all out for drinks and make us all feel special and things when he's been here. So he'll be, he'll be sorely missed. And I feel like we need some kind of slow motion montage with emotional music to really kind of sell this now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's such an, a, amazing uh human being like he he's just he's so genuine like he he gives everybody respect you know he's just he's just a you know first class citizen you know he's just amazing person he is and wherever he goes they're going to be very lucky to have him so um yeah best of luck to him for sure yeah and yeah so best of luck Deej. and on that note anubis we're going to put you on the hot seat and we're going to get started by asking you, how did you get started in Destiny? So my story isn't that dissimilar to a few guys that you've had on recently, actually. <laughs> the um, <laughs> people playing through Destiny and thinking the game was over like before the kind of raids and things. It's kind of a very similar experience to what I had. <laughs> I remember um, logging into um, like Vault of Glasses, like a, a lone guardian, wondering what the hell was going on, being like, how the hell do I activate three plates on my own? This is madness. <laughs> so it was um, a friend of mine, actually, that introduced me to the game. It was probably just when um, Dark Below came out was kind of my first experience with the game. So we, we kind of used it as a, a reason to kind of stay in touch, because you know what it's like when you, you finish college, everyone kind of scatters across the country, it's kind of hard to stay in touch. So we found this game we could play together that was kind of um, a nice middle ground for us that we really enjoy playing. So I've got some very fond memories of me and him on LFG trying to drag together teams for Vault of Glass and things and having very mixed experiences. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, that yeah. Kind of my, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my that was my route into the game, as it were. And then I suppose from a, a community perspective and being more involved with the community, it kind of came around from the event side. So I've always been very passionate about events and I was always a, a very competitive soul, but never really had the skill from a video game perspective to uh to kind of follow through on that. So I launched some um events under under the Get Rex banner, actually. That was where the kind of name was originated. Um, where we ran like accessible tournaments essentially so we we did like three on three or um like four on four tournaments that had a mixture of activities from like strike races through to pvp and things and just tried to make them more of a community focused event um and that's kind of where my, my kind of my entry into the community started really now are you an equal opportunity destiny player do you play both pvp and pve or are you more focused towards the pve side 
Um, so now I'd say more PVE, but it's really to, to do with kind of time spent in the game, really. I think I, I played so much more D1, I think, from an hour's perspective that I was a, a much stronger PvP player in Destiny 1. And I also made the change to PC um, probably about a year ago. Um, so, yeah, mm. my, my mouse and keyboard journey has still got some uh, some legs. So I've still yeah. got a lot of work to do there to try and get up to the standards because it's the ceiling, the skill ceiling is so much higher on mouse and keyboard. And you really do start to see that in the kind of end game um, with trials and things as well outside of the, yeah. uh, the obviously well advertised problems with cheaters and things like that. But, um, and you know what? We've been playing on PC for the last three years since Destiny 2 came out. We're still playing with our controllers so don't feel bad we're still getting yeah. used to it i'm a controller plan <laughs> the thing is though when you you sat in front of your computer for like 10 12 hours a day with work especially with working from home now like playing yeah. with the controller just makes it feel like much more of a, a kind of break i could change from like sat in front of the same pc absolutely so yeah. it's nice to kind of just lean back in your chair and kind of relax and uh not feel like you're in the same seated position at least yeah, you can just kind of, like you said, lean back. You don't have to sit up all rigid and, you know, like sitting at attention, like maneuvering your fingers on the keyboard. It's just, yeah. And, you know, the, the way I look at it is a controller creates an experience that's kind of the best of both worlds. You get the frames that you would expect on a PC and the power and the performance to really play the game in the best quality and fidelity that you can. But you still have the controller where you can just lean back and just kind of chill and play as if you were playing on the couch, right? And now we're, we'll have more of a reason to play on PC with some of the announcements that we got in this week's Bungie Weekly Update. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the player base, actually, because it certainly got me thinking, because then the, obviously the performance gap is much narrower now. But I've never seen so many people get so excited about a field of view slider in my life. <laughs> it's they've just never been able. They never experienced it on console. <laughs> they, they don't know what it is. We we have to explain it to them. They're like, oh, okay. So it's like we as PC players, like who wanted to actually go play on console, was that was one of the biggest asks. Like if you're going to do it, 60 frames also give us a field of view slider as well. Yeah, yeah. Go so, Baker, go home. Yeah, it's, it's got me tempted to go back to Xbox, you know, that's kind of where um, my foundations in Destiny came from. So Anubis Gaming was originally a clan on Xbox. Oh, um, oh okay. And then um, one thing led to another, the guys in the clan kind of stopped playing and then Anubis became one person rather than a clan and then we're kind of where we are now. But yeah, like you say, the, um, the attraction of playing on a big TV sat on the sofa but still getting 4K 60 frames is uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah, now we just need the ray tracing. You know, they, they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything about the ray tracing yet. So hopefully that's coming, you know, down the road that they'll mention it. They'll start yeah. talking about it because the new consoles are capable of being able to ray trace. So it's just great that this technology is so much more accessible now. Like even with graphics cards as well, obviously Nvidia, when they dropped the 3080, I don't think anybody was expecting that to be the price that it was. So it's good that more and more people are going to be able to actually get to see games as they were intended. Um, right. So I'm excited to see people uh, feeding back on that and the the difference they see between like, kind of what they've been used to on Xbox or PlayStation now versus where they're going to get to. So even the 3070, you're going to get tons of performance uh, out of that. It's still it's going to be more powerful than a 2080 Ti. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's and, and like over half the price less too at five hundred dollars. So. 
I was going to say, it's quite interesting seeing the pricing of things. I think the the Xbox Series X is actually cheaper to buy than an Xbox One X is currently, or it certainly was when it was announced. Because mm-hmm. I was in a bit of a, a dilemma as to what to do, because I've got a, a One X at the moment, which was technically right. retailing at a higher price. And it's like, well, <laughs> can I just trade this then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they discontinued it. So it yeah. immediately shot up in you know price due to its uh, the scarcity of it going to be. The rare relic of Xbox One Xs. Yeah. Yeah. I have an Xbox One X, and I, I use it to watch 4K Blu-rays, but not so much for gaming, because once you play on PC you kind of prefer to play all your games on PC, and I've been spoiled by 1440p, high refresh. So I've been playing with really high performance without having to, you know, sacrifice frames. So, um, yeah, I've been spoiled by it, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these new consoles uh, stack up against the previous generation and what we're able to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Anubis, how did Get Wrecked Labs get started? And how did your journey in marketing and multimedia begin? Um, so it's probably best to go through my kind of marketing history first. So I actually come from a, a relatively traditional marketing background in the corporate world. So I've worked for like, some quite big medical companies like Medtronic, Johnson & Johnson, um, so I, I was actually a, a spinal surgery expert for 10 years, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So I was on the, the technical side. So I was on the sales and marketing side for um, for various startups as well as the the kind of big blue ships. Um, and as I say, the, the kind of route into gaming came through the event side. So that was something I was doing as a hobby on the side to um, my main medical job. Um, and... As a part of that, a big part of what I needed to do was obviously be able to create my own assets. So learning Photoshop, After Effects, and all that kind of stuff kind of started then, so four, four and a half years ago when the event started. So it kind of when I started making progress on that side and obviously got to meet a few more people from an industry standpoint, Activision were obviously very active at the time, and they had a, a UK presence, so they were very present. Um the guys at Bungie were kind of at arm's length to an extent, really, because of the Activision relationship. But it kind of gave me enough of a view of the industry to kind of make me passionate enough about it to try and make a change. So I kind of I remember waking up one day and just looking at my computer, sat looking at like managing stock for this medical company that I was working for at the time when I was a product manager. Um, I was like, enough's enough. So I'm going to start looking for, for roles in the gaming industry. Um, so I actually found a role. I was... I moved into a head of marketing role at Game Retail. So that's the the UK equivalent of GameStop, if you like. Oh, yeah, um, Game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the, the business is split into various divisions. So there's the game, like retail proper, so obviously all the stores. And there's a secondary side to the business um, called Belong, which was the esports and arenas and events side. Um, so obviously from my side, that kind of piqued my interest because it kind of ticked all the boxes, really. It gave me the opportunity to like manage a team, build a team, um, manage a studio for the first time, also, and also manage the rollout of these gaming arenas across the country. Um, so that was kind of my first job in the, the gaming industry. So very lucky to be able to move across sideways into a job like that with what was relatively like no experience really in the gaming industry at the time. It was only from the event side of things that I'd managed to kind of build up enough of a knowledge to uh, fudge my way through those interviews. So, 
<laughs> so yeah, so that was kind of my route there. And then on the side of that, because I, I was working away actually for that role, so I was down. It was a, a three and a half hour drive, so I kind of I took a, a quite a big backward step in terms of salary to kind of change um, industries as you kind of expect to do. But another big part of it was that it was nowhere near where I lived, um, so I kind of had a, a bit of spare time on my hands in the evenings because I was staying away from work with work three or four days a week. Um, so I was taking on more and more design work just to kind of keep me busy and kind of develop my skills further, um, and that escalated to a point where. I was doing projects almost on a weekly basis. Um, and then Get Red Labs was concepted on holiday, actually. So it was, <laughs> I do a lot of scuba diving in my spare time. Um, well, used to when we were allowed to go outside. Um, <laughs> and we were on holiday in um, Cape Verde. And the weather was so bad that none of the diving boats were going out. So we literally had nothing to do. We were just kind of trapped on this resort. Um, and I'm a bit of a busybody, so I kind of had to find something to do. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll look at creating a brand around this design work that I'm doing. Um, and then over the period of that 10 days, kind of concepted all the imagery and logo design and the website design and everything for, for labs whilst I was away on holiday. And then, yeah, one thing led to another, and here we are today. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. And you've worked with some of the most respected content creators in the Destiny community. And I mean, you and your team continue to crush it every release that you have. Thank you, man. It's, um, we certainly try our best. And I know we, we spoke about this briefly offline in terms of how we've added to the team to kind of flesh out our skill sets and things across the board. But I mean, it's, it's really important to us that we we're a support role essentially for for content creators and it's the more i kind of started working with streamers and started working with content creators the more i realized that it really wasn't something that i wanted to pursue but i really loved that world and really respected what the guys were doing because at the end of the day like every every content creator is running their own business and i don't think they often look at themselves that way and because of my more formal training in marketing i thought there's an opportunity here to be able to to help to push people in the right direction, try and give them some of the knowledge they needed, as well as, I mean, obviously the design side is one side of it, but we always try and base the designs we do in some kind of kind of practical marketing, um, from a practical marketing standpoint, so it actually pushes them in the right direction. So we've really been pleased with the, the opportunities we've had, and it's been great to see some of the guys like um, Katie, Yobi Katie Cat, she, was, she came to one of our first events as a relatively small streamer on the rise, and then took away her notes and it's been building a stream since and then recently partnered and it's been incredible to see people going on that journey from from start to finish and uh, obviously we we like to think we've been a, a part of that so that's pretty amazing and yeah it's great to see content creators who are able to put their best foot forward thanks to your help and uh, things that you and your team are able to accomplish with their brand and branding is so so important and you mentioned that you work with photoshop and after effects now are these things that you pretty much self-taught um yeah so so interestingly we've got a quite a mixed skill set in the team so there's a, a couple of guys that have got formal trainings we've got two guys that have got first class honors degrees in graphic design and they've been kind of designing in the corporate world for a long time and we've kind of pulled them out of their corporate box, as it were, to kind of do some more exciting work with us. Um, and then myself and um, there's a chap called Carl, who was, um, he was actually in my marketing team at Game. And we kind of um, fought, hatched a little bit of a plan whilst we were working together there to um, kind of exit the business and <laughs> found labs more formally. Um, and we're pretty much in the most part self-taught, certainly from the 
um, um, animation and After Effects side. That was something that we picked up relatively late on compared to um, kind of the static design side. Um, but it's amazing what resources are out there. I honestly think that YouTube is more valuable to a lot of people from a, a digital perspective than a, a formal degree. Like it's um, Squarespace is pretty good too, right? Yeah, yeah. Square pay, Squarespace. Uh, Skillshare, you mean? Oh, Skillshare. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. What, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I yeah. think Squarespace is a website builder, isn't it? Uh, I a think pretty so. bad one for us, anyways. <laughs> As yeah. SEO, yeah. I hate it. Thank you for <laughs> reading what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that investing, I mean, the courses are so cheap. I mean, yeah. we're, so an area that we're pushing quite hard on is 3D, and there's so many different pieces of software that you can use for that. You've kind of got to choose one and commit to it, but you can buy a full online course with 80 hours more of training for like $50 from Skillshare or from, from various sites and things, and it will get yeah. you to a point where you can be at almost a professional standard. And obviously, you have to put the work in kind of outside of that, and I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing to make sure that you're doing your homework to um, kind of progress your skills, which I think is it's kind of the position we found ourselves in. Like we... Like I, I really enjoy this stuff so much that like most of my spare time is even spent doing something to develop kind of my animation skills or my 3D design skills. It's just the satisfaction of creating something from scratch I've just never really experienced in the same way. Um, so I think if you carry that passion and you've got a, a, a kind of minimal budget, you can still get to a point where you can really become a, a, a really solid professional. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's how I feel about putting together a website, you know, going from nothing, just a blank screen into being able to build something that people can visit and you see that the traffic grows and people are engaging with the content on the site. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling when something that you created is something that other people can enjoy and, and share. And that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from a a content creator perspective the the feedback is so immediate it's not like if you do like a design job in the corporate world the business takes it away and uses the designs and they'll go and run campaigns and things you don't really get any kind of like visual feedback whereas obviously what we're doing is very it's very public like it's very front-facing for these guys and their brands like you immediately you can see the chats go wild and things when they first release their new rebrands and things as long as we've done a good job obviously so that kind of stuff is really satisfying. And it's just, it's such a nice feeling for us to see the content creators being proud of their kind of new homes because essentially the, their channel is their digital home, isn't it? And kind of their storefront for their brand. So seeing them be more confident in that because of work we've done is um, it's really nice to see. That's really cool. And now Anubis, would you say there's any piece of art that you all have created along your journey that really sticks out as your favorite? Um, not as a favorite, I don't think. I mean, if, if you've ever kind of spent any time in our portfolio, it's something we kind of um, we're very passionate about is making sure that every piece of work we do is very different to the last. Um, and that our mantra is it's actually a, a phrase I, I can't remember where I heard it now, but it really resonated with me. And it's everyone knows how you're the same. It's time to show everybody how you're different. And we kind of live by that like day to day in terms of the work we do. So um, and we like to think we've we kind of done that for everybody. And it's obviously it completely depends on the the brief and budget from the people we work with. But we like to think that we we kind of deliver everything to a high standard. 
Um, I think one that's been quite pivotal for us has obviously been the work that we did for GLAD. I think it was probably one of the most kind of innovative pieces of work that we did because it was such a combination of really clean, like 2D animation, um, 3D animation, as well as this kind of integrated overlay work that we do a lot of now. Um, his was kind of our first kind of experiment in that world. So um, and me, me and Sean kind of go back a long way. We've got a, a very similar history, actually, because Glad used to work in the medical industry as well. So we both kind of used to work in the medical sales world. So we've kind of got a, quite a similar route into um, into the gaming industry. So, yeah, so that one, that one holds quite kind of a, a strong place in my heart. But then if you look at some other areas of the portfolio, like the stuff we did for Mr. Fruit, that was actually my partner, Carl, that did that kind of work and that variety that we've, we can actually deliver now from an illustration standpoint, from a 3D standpoint and things, it's, um, yeah, it's opened up a lot of doors for us. Very cool. That's awesome. And Anubis, on that note, what would you say is the best $50 that you had spent on something that makes the greatest impact on your life today? Um, I've got a really low budget coffee machine. <laughs> it has been kind of the workhorse <laughs> of our house for the past like five years it's just like a really cheap like tassimo pod coffee machine but that thing must churn out because every obviously me and my partner are working from home now with everything that's going on at the minute it must churn out 10 cups of coffee a day and every now and then it has kind of a little um brief hissy fit and spits coffee everywhere because it's on its last legs but i kind of feel <laughs> like, feel quite bad getting rid of it so it's kind of still holding pride of place in the in the kitchen so that's definitely probably been the most practical <laughs> 50 dollars does it take k-cups say again sorry does it take k-cups uh or is it uh like kind of like a standard coffee like machine uh yeah it's just like a standard like pod machine oh so it takes the pods the k-cup pods yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah gotcha. keeps us going man so I just purchased something like last week. I bought a shower head and let me tell you, it transformed my showers. Every <laughs> and it was $10 on Amazon. And it's like the best thing that, that makes my mornings just so awesome when I take a shower. And uh, that has made my life a lot better. And I subscribed to Audible and for $15 a month, I get access to any book that I want, and I can listen to one book a month. And I think that's also another very well worthwhile investment for me. I feel like Cornholio is trying to sell us something here. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so what about you, Shadow Price? What's your purchase that impacts your life the most well i mean my amp was a lot more than 50 dollars as you know that you can't say the amp, the amp was like 50 dollars and like not even tax like you can't even call that tax it's it's absurdly expensive no the tax for that was like 300 dollars, 400 dollars. Okay. so yeah. um so i mean Maybe this uh, this router that I'm getting it was like it was like fifty dollars basically. I think it's gonna make improve my life because my Wi-Fi is shit upstairs in my house. <laughs> so like this has a twenty five hundred foot signal or twenty five hundred square foot, and my house is around a little over two thousand square feet. So 
it's going to work a lot better for me. I feel like I haven't gotten it yet, but I've, you know, saw nothing but good reviews for it and it's going to improve my gaming and everything. So I feel like it's going to be a win-win all around. I feel like we should have almost had destiny for the best $50 spent, but Dude, <laughs> I know. Oh man, it should have been destiny. Yeah. We spent $58. Well, but, but here's the thing for me, I never just spend $50 on destiny. That's never a thing. Because I go all out, and Shadow Price usually does the same thing, where we get the collector's edition, and then we get the shirts and the mugs and the statues. By the time we're done, you could have bought a whole PC for that price. So, yeah, but, but, I, but I love the game, and honestly, well worth every penny. I've been quite lucky over the years to kind of amass... A destiny collection from all the events we ran because the, the guys at bungie were very generous in sending over uh, prizes and they often kind of like dropped over some extras so i've kind of got a, a few things behind me i've got like a little warlock shrine warlocks forever by the way <laughs> i've got like osiris ikora i've got like the old like warlock figurines and things that were around i've got all the old trophies from um, all the tournaments we run as well so it's kind of a little that destiny shrine behind me in the office just to remind me <laughs> we are such nerds because we we do have our little shrine for destiny i have that too yeah, i have my destiny yeah. one collector's edition that's signed by like 25 devs and then behind it i have all of the destiny funko pops along with the other collector's edition that i have and then i have a bunch more scattered throughout the house because that's just how i do yeah i'm just looking to the right and i can see both my collector's editions and the two grimoire novels and the comic book collection and yeah some of the pop figures and yeah <laughs> so, I realized, actually, mine's been diluted slightly by a solar-powered hula girl that seems to have found a way over there you know those little like plastic things you can get that when you put them in the sun they kind of dance around oh yeah yeah <laughs> one of those up there. oh i got a nice <laughs> destiny 2 uh razor keyboard too that just lights up I like all these colors i like it it's pretty pretty cool. As well. I would love to get Trinkets. my computer case like custom designed with a Destiny Tricorn logo. That would be really dope if I can get that done. We'll see. I will try. But anyways, so on that note, Anubis, what do you do when you're not playing Destiny or working? Uh, well, as I say, a big part of kind of my spare time is still doing what I do all day. I think that's kind of a testament to how much I love what I'm doing right now. And it'll be either watching tutorials and techniques that I'm not familiar with or creating some Destiny fan art. I still try and do that from time to time. I just don't have the, the same amount of time that I used to have. Um, so I kind of make like fan posters and things like that. Um, but kind of outside of that, we've got a, I know we, we spoke about our doggos before. We've got a little chow chow that we got last year. So she's uh, 35 kilos of fun, but it's mostly a most of the time i'm surprised you can't hear her snoring actually but um she's actually named after um mara sov so she's called mara um, mara sov mara no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> she really doesn't she's a really stubborn little dog <laughs> kind of uh, fulfills the prophecy of that personality but um yeah so she kind of takes up a lot of time and then um i'm quite passionate about american sports actually so the NFL has kind of been a big part of my life since I was a little kid. So I've been a, a Miami Dolphins fan since I was like eight years old. So um, 
that nice. Formula One are kind of my two kind of sporting vices. So my Sundays are very busy sports days generally. <laughs> yeah, and just like the fear of not having the sports, you know, this year was just like I'm watching football this year too because I'm like, wow, you know, it's like it there's it's, it's possible that it couldn't have been here this year just due to COVID being as bad as it has, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, actually, that Destiny brought me the opportunity to work with NFL players as well, because obviously with Kenny Vaccaro and the G1 guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's we cool. kind of worked quite closely with um, rebranding some of their content creators, um, Kenny included. So it was kind of a bit of a fun moment for me, really, because I I've, I played football over here for the, the national team. And obviously the standard in the UK, you can imagine, it's a minority sport. It's very kind of... Um, it's a much lower standard than it is in the States, but still, as a, a safety when I was playing, like to be able to work with Kenny's, obviously a safety, it was kind of a, a really like, special time for me, actually. So, Yeah, and they have uh, games they've been, you know, having every year, probably not this year, but every year they play a game in England. Have you had a chance to go any of those games when they come over to play? Yeah, yeah, so I've been to probably three or four over here, and I've been quite lucky to like, travel to the States to, to watch the Dolphins play as well. So I saw the Dolphins play the Patriots a couple of years ago, and um, nice. been to a few That's college awesome. games, went to LSU, Florida, in Louisiana. That was pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, How more people oh, yeah. don't die on those steps in, like, 40-degree heat with no cover, like, sat on concrete, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they're diehard. They're diehard. <laughs> yeah, they're them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how have the last 12 months been for you? And how has everything that happened in the world impacted your life? It's, it's been it's been tough, obviously. Um, I think from from my side, personally, it's it hasn't been as difficult as it has for others. I think it, the industries that have been mostly affected have obviously been like hospitality and those guys that have been used to working in a big office environment and that kind of thing, like independent stores. So I think the gaming industry, as you kind of see in the news, has definitely benefited from more people being at home and needing things to do. Um, and we've kind of seen that from our side too, where people have either been given some time off from work, whether that's voluntary or involuntary, but it's kind of given them the opportunity to explore content creation as a career option for them. So we've kind of been working with a few guys to try and guide them through that process and um, from a demand perspective, we've actually been kind of busier than we were before. So um, it's a difficult one because obviously when you're trying to balance that with what your friends and family are going through that might not be in that situation, it's been kind of just trying to balance the mood, I suppose, and making sure that you're listening to people's situations because every, everyone's situation is so different right now and it's, it's going to be sensitive to everybody's personal circumstances, I think. Yeah, I think that's a big reason why the consoles are going to come out this year and they're not delaying them just because, you know, they've already committed so much to the to the marketing of these consoles and, you know, the, they've committed to their, obviously, their shareholders and the gamers as a whole, you know. So, I mean, it's like people have been waiting for these systems for, you know, a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. um, so... It's a shame there's no real exclusives being launched, like a, a next-gen real exclusive on launch for either console. I still remember right. very fondly like things like the N64 coming out and Mario 64 being the best thing you've ever seen and looking at the screen like, how can graphics ever get better than this? <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And it's it, you kind of move into a whole new environment and it's because there's so much crossover now in terms of performance and the evolution of consoles and making sure that everything's backwards compatible from a generation standpoint. 
it's I don't think we're ever going to really see that big stepwise change anymore. But yeah, yeah. it's um, I think Halo being delayed for the Xbox is obviously a very big hit for them. Um, it was nice that they were able to you know get Joseph Staten on the project though you know because if anybody's have as a chance to write the ship and you know uh, get people to on his like side and to listen to him and you know listen to his wisdom on how to you know make a great game it's him so yeah absolutely i'm excited to see what they do i mean i'm hoping that they do treat it like the the flagship that it deserves to be and i think when you release a game like that it really needs to showcase what the console can do but i think the the over overwhelming feedback was that the demo really didn't demonstrate the the console to its best capacity so i guess we'll see what they do yeah yeah and and we can tell based on the delay of the game that it didn't really live up to the expectations of the developers on the internal standpoint too because i mean they had a ton of marketing efforts already you know planned including i think they had like monster energy that had drinks that were ready to go with the halo infinite branding so they had a pretty big marketing push that they essentially had to put on pause Master Chief's uh, but, on the back of the Series X box, too. So, yeah. you know. Serious. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's, I think it's one of those I'm things. Where, <laughs> you know, from a software side, I think that developers are really, really struggling due to COVID and the work from home that we're seeing. It is delaying a lot of the games that we're seeing and that were supposed to be coming out this year. Even beyond um, light. You know, yeah, like, even beyond light. On the hardware perspective, though, I think that they were more prepared. But even though it may not be the best time to release these consoles, I think they're still doing it, one, because it gives people something to be excited for this year, right? In a, having, in a year full of disappointment, yeah. In a year full of disappointment, you know? Yeah. And also, I think from a financial standpoint... Xbox and Sony did see that Nintendo Switch was selling out where they couldn't even keep up with the demand. People are now staying at home. They are looking to be entertained. They're not going out to the bars or going out to the basketball game or going out to eat. So they're now focusing more on staying at home. And what do they do? If you're bored, you're going to play video games. And that's why games like Animal Crossing is so, so popular today. Absolutely, man. I think on Nintendo, and I mean, talk about branding. I mean, they've been repackaging the same products now for 20 years successfully. It's pretty incredible, really. And the fact that they kind of don't kind of dance to anybody else's drum and they work on their own timelines, they do what they think is right. They're not really following any kind of market trends. It's quite inspiring, really, especially seeing them have the success they've had. So I think there's, there's always been that concern that from a technology standpoint, the Switch has always been a little bit behind. But um, much from a pure hardware perspective. So it'd be great to see them kind of lean into that a little bit more. But equally, it's um, you can't really argue with the success. It's uh, It's been pretty incredible. Yeah, they delayed Animal Crossing for six months because they did not want to make their uh, developers crunch for yeah. that game. So it just goes to show you about the uh, the work, you know, how Japanese, you know, developers are, you know, how they're, treated and things like that you know it's like yes they work very hard but people in nintendo don't want to make their make them crunch if they don't need to so now anubis are you a nintendo fan 
Yeah, actually, um, my first consoles were all Nintendos. My first one was a NES with um, the combined Mario and Duck Hunt cartridge back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I had that. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember saying Duck Hunt with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've always been a Nintendo man, and then I could have moved over to Xbox for 360, so it was still quite late on. I was always been kind of a Nintendo fanboy until that point. But I hadn't bought a Switch until fairly recently, so we, we went on a little kind of staycation so we just stayed in the uk and went down to the coast and we stayed in this like old coast guards cottage um and i was like there's gonna be nothing to do down there man <laughs> i need to find something so i bought a, a switch with zelda and mario so i spent my entire time playing through mario odyssey which was um it's kind of a, a nostalgic trip really it was really it was really good fun i really enjoyed it and there's, there's something about the immersion of a nintendo game that you just don't get elsewhere just like their their storytelling their environment building it's just um I think it's slightly more off the wall. It's much easier to escape when you're playing those games than it is kind of like a more realistic game. Like even like Destiny has its kind of foot in the real world in terms of some of the physics and things, whereas Nintendo games just don't give a shit. <laughs> what did you think of Breath of the Wild? I've really just started it. So I've been playing that. That's kind of my, my evening game once I've finished work at the moment whilst we've got a bit of downtime from Destiny. So... I'm kind of working my way through. So I've only, I've only played maybe three hours of it so far, but I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on my progress. Really looking forward to Breath of the Wild too, when it yeah. hopefully launches next year. Fingers crossed. So Anubis, who inspires you as a content creator? It's difficult, man. It's it's really difficult because they're, so, they're all so different and they all contribute so much in their own way. And I think... I mean, someone that I look up to quite a lot is um, Polar Bear. I don't know if you've had Polar on here, but if not, you definitely should do. She's probably done the most in terms of charity fundraising that I've seen like, outside of like the big charity events, like, outside of the stuff that Guardian can do. Like, as an individual, she's been fantastic, and she's always been amazingly supportive of what I've done over here. She's always been to all of our events. Um, she's always been really helpful with introductions. She's always looking out for people to say she was the, the reason that me and Glad actually got put together because she bought Glad's initial rebrand as a birthday present for him. <laughs> oh, so wow. Um, just every now and then she'll, um, she'll just do something really selfless. So, um, yeah, I, I admire her for that. And she does a lot of work for um, wildlife charities and things as well and mental health charities. And she's, she's not had the best of times over the last couple of years, but she's still been plowing on. So I think... Um, yeah, she's been, uh, she's certainly one to watch. And I think she's, um, she doesn't kind of skirt around issues at all. Like she's very, she's very passionate. She's very emotional. Like she says what she thinks. And I think with, um, the way the world is at the moment, we need more of those people. I think cancel culture's really got to a point now where people are almost terrified to share their opinions for the, the risk of being canceled or for being descended upon by someone, like a, a group of people who seem to be passionate about something that they don't really need to be. So, yeah, so I think she's um, she's certainly up there. Um, I mean, Glad's an obvious one, I think, from a, a pure work rate perspective and someone who took a risk to do something they loved. And I know you, you had him on talking about when he was like, nearly evicted from his home, but he still ploughed on because it was what he wanted to do and what he was passionate about. And I'm sure it was against the will of and the best wishes of some of his kind of friends and family and things, but still it was the, what he wanted to do. And we all know how kind of that story ended. So I hope more people are kind of willing to take a risk as a result of his story, even if they don't quite reach the dizzy heights that he has. So. I always think of this saying, like, it's like, uh, even in the darkest of times, there's always a beacon of light, you know? It's yeah. like, 
even if you're like you're going through the darkest times you ever you know you've ever you're down on your luck everything's like not working out for you if you just have the you know the perseverance to push through like you'll get through it and then you'll come out as a better person on the other side i feel like yeah absolutely man so yeah sometimes it's about working hard and even though the odds may seem to be against you if you push forward and if you truly believe in your heart with what you're doing you're going to be successful the the most important thing that i've learned is to always put 110 percent into what you're doing and as long as you do that you're going to succeed it might take some time but you will get there yeah absolutely man yeah so anubis i know you've been to guardian con in the past do you have a favorite guardian con moment um it's kind of hard to say because that event becomes a little bit of a haze after a few days <laughs> it's kind of like the 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 event where the whole community kind of descends and it becomes like a, a five-day party almost but i think one of my fondest moments was um the last guardian con um zoe actually it was her birthday the day we landed um, and we kind of, she'd mentioned that she was having a birthday party and everyone was kind of like gathering at this bar and we, we arrived quite late. Um, but it was kind of the first day everyone had got there. Everyone was like super excited and we kind of walked into this bar and everybody was there. Um, so it was kind of the, it was a mad experience of obviously all the UK guys that we already knew, like seeing those guys for the first time, probably in six months to a year to meeting some of the guys that we spoke to online only, like there's, there's quite a few of the guys that obviously we, we speak to on Twitter and things and then through to some of the guys that we've done rebrands for. Um, it was like, it was the first time that I've met the regime guys. Um, so first time I met Chevy and first time I met Clyde and those guys had all been amazingly supportive of like get Red labs from start to finish. So that, that night was amazing. It was just everywhere you turned, there was just an amazing human to greet you. And, um, everyone was in such high spirits. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll hold that in my memory for a long time. I think. Did you go to the 2016 one at all? Um, I don't think I did. No, it was the year after. Okay, that was the one I went to. And uh, <laughs> I oh, remember... Was it Con then? Was that what it was called then? It was, it was called Destiny Con then, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they, they were still going with that moniker before Bungie came in and said, nope, can't call <laughs> it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I recall going to a bar too, like one of those nights there, and we did karaoke with like two of my friends, and it was just we had the whole place like just all eyes on us. It was it, it was rocking. It was such an awesome time, you know. And I, I uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a fun, funny that you say oh, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like. You, you get a little in you and they tell you to get off the stage when, you know, they're telling everybody to get off the stage because it, it's a fire hazard. And then the bouncer grabs you and you, you know, you don't take kind to that. And then you just, you just start like, they put you in a headlock and then you start like swinging and you uppercut them and you get part of your tooth stuck in, in his hand. <laughs> this story and, is getting better and better every second. This is great. Keep going. And then I had to like separate it to make sure that like this person didn't go to jail because like that was going to happen and stuff. So I, you know, made sure to step in and like, look, he's just, he's just had a few too many. He, he means no, you know, like no harm or anything like that. You know, I apologize to the guys over and over again. And we just tried to babysit our friend the rest of that night. But it started out really good. Really a lot of fun, actually. 
and I saw Cosmo there and I saw Dado and I talked to Fran Mirabella for like 15 minutes and it was just, it was such a great time. Fran's hair is even more beautiful in real life than it is on the internet. Oh my God, it is. You yeah. touch it. <laughs> you, you do. You, you just want to touch it. Exactly. That's like the first thing you think of. I'm like, man, it's like, how, how are you able to do that every time? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and yeah. uh, now I actually live about 30 minutes from Guardian Con or GC. Yeah, so nice. next year, hopefully, as long as COVID is no longer a thing, we will be able to meet again. And I'm, I'm excited to meet so many amazing individuals in our community and to actually get to meet, meet you all. Like That would be really, really cool. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, hopefully next year we can make that happen. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. So, Anubis, if you could change three things about Destiny, what would you change? Uh, other than deleting hunters from existence. Oh, no! Ooh, that's no. rough. <laughs> <laughs> about I'm about to like, lose all my followers. Fired. I like, watch them like dial down. That's um, fired. <laughs> <laughs> hunters and people, too just um i think most of my frustrations with the game are kind of like ui based really i think there's probably not a lot of point in going through the obvious ones like anti-cheat for pc is obviously a big one i think expanding the loot team i mean in a game that's entirely based around the loot chase the variety of loot and um kind of reducing the number of reskins and things certainly needs to happen um and I'm sure there's there's reasons for it, and obviously them downsizing the team when they left Activision, not being able to work with Vicarious Visions anymore, and all that kind of stuff has really affected that. But it's been interesting to see how they tackle that. But like most of mine are kind of quality of life stuff that really bothers me, and I think because I can I kind of approach it from a marketing standpoint and kind of a user experience standpoint, like not being able to like bulk delete stuff drives me insane. Not be able to like sort stuff by alphabetical order or by importance like drives me insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff is kind of like my biggest gripe, I think. Um, but I think they're, they're making very good kind of inroads into a lot of the big issues, and I think crossplay is going to be a huge thing for the franchise when it eventually happens. So um, that'll probably be my the biggest one that I'm looking forward to. It's probably more of a development than a change, but just allowing everybody, especially with the the performance difference being a lot less, or as it will be on the new next-gen consoles, I think allowing for cross-play is going to be um, a really big deal, mainly so I can sit on my sofa upstairs and still play with my PC friends. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, what do you think about sunsetting? Um, I, I, I'm kind of for it, I think. I, I'm indifferent, really. Um, I think it solves some of the problems that we see now in terms of um, like gun balance to an extent. It will force people to use new guns as they move forward. But equally, is that more of a balancing problem initially? Like, is that something that should be solved before you kind of go down the retirement route? Um, we'll see. I think the, the seasonal model generally, kind of on a, a kind of smaller scale, sunsetting perspective, like getting rid of quests as kind of seasons progress and not allowing access to exotics from a previous season and things like that in some cases that i don't think that's a positive move i think if you pay for a season pass you should have access to that season pass and everything within it um so if you buy the next one and you own the previous one and you can't access the loot you paid for i think that's a problem 
Um, and especially for someone like me who can't play as much now as I used to be able to play, um, it really puts me off putting the timing. So if I, I see a really long, like grindy quest, I sometimes just won't start it. So I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish this before the end of the, the three month season or whatever. Um, and it kind of puts me off kind of diving into those activities. Whereas if they were kind of more open longer term as they always have been, like you can kind of chip away at those. And it doesn't really matter when you get the end result as long as you get there. Um, I think that Bungie brings a sense of urgency now more than they did before in the game where it almost feels like if you don't complete something within a given season, you're going to miss out. So you have to play. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, they have said that they're, they've dialed back on that. Some they're the things that are going to be coming into the game and beyond light are going to stick around for a year. Well, that's good. So yeah, that certainly needs to happen. Less FOMO. So they're trying, that's how they're trying to create less FOMO. Yeah, it's, it's trying to balance the two environments, isn't it? I mean, I've kind of experienced both sides now from being like a really hardcore player in D1 and playing every day to maybe playing like once or twice a week now. I kind of see both sides of the coin a little bit and it's it must be, a, it's a conundrum for Bungie to try and solve because obviously the, the committed fan base are the most vocal fan base, but I mean, mm. if you look at the player base, 90% of those people aren't on Twitter and like they're just playing the game at home and they're enjoying it with their friends and things. So trying to balance those two environments must be really tough. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we just actually learned today that Destiny 2 Beyond Light in 60 frames on the next-gen consoles will be pushed back to December. December 8th, I believe, yeah. December 8th. Okay, so how do you both feel about this? Do you think it's okay for a game that's very much based on seasons for them to not bring the content together on par on all platforms? I mean, in an ideal world, you want it there day one. You know, new console, you know, new season or new expansion, you know, all the hype behind it. You want you want to be able to play it in you know the best you know way you can play on console you know even on Series S it's going to be sixty frames not four K but ten eighty P but you know it's like it, yeah it's kind of a bummer that we're not going to get it till December eighth because it's going to solidify me playing on PC you know until that time frame <laughs> so yeah yeah it's tough it's yeah. um you kind of feel at this point that so many games and so many uh, updates and things are getting delayed that the problem really is more senior than it is with the developers. Like it's, it's the guys at the top that are setting these dates and setting these expectations. They just need to get a little bit better at predicting when these things are going to come to a, a conclusion, I think, because it's, it's creating these massive problems for expectations within the community, but also for the developers as well, whether they're putting them through a crunch or not. It's, it seems to be kind of very much studio to studio and how hard those deadlines are. But that's it seems a good like, point. You, that's a good point you brought up. Like, when did they get these dev kits, you know, too? Yeah, you yeah. Know, to, you know, for the newer consoles. What, See, were they at, yeah. Me and Shadow Price talked about this a little bit before the show. And my feeling initially is if you can't release the game in parity, then you delay the whole game by a month. I know it's not ideal. I know it's not something we necessarily want. 
but at the very least, it gives all of the players a level playing field with playing in the new raid, getting to experience the new content at the best possible frames, and not having to sacrifice a month in the season that would be taking place to really be able to experience that. I think it would hurt them if they had to delay it again. You know, I mean, it's yeah, just... You're right. It's, you're right. it's a tough decision because it's not, yeah. it's not a clear cut, you know, black and white. There's a lot of considerations that have to be made here. Um, but I do think that Bungie, you know, had a really tough decision to make. I understand where they're coming from. We're not living in normal times today. We're living in a very unprecedented times where especially game development is very, very difficult and they can't always predict how they're able to release the content. And, and unfortunately next gen consoles just weren't quite ready for prime time. So the world of digital products is a very weird one to me. It's, it's the only place in the world where you can be sold something that doesn't work and you can't ask for your money back. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if, you, if someone says to you, oh, you can buy this car, um, it's only got three wheels at the moment, but the fourth wheel's coming in three months' time, you probably wouldn't buy the car, would you? And equally, yeah. if it kind of breaks down, you take it back and get it repaired. Whereas if you're playing an online game, the whole game can be broken, like a huge like bug in the game that stops it from launching or something. And you've, you've still got no leg to stand on, really, in terms of like regaining any value from the people you bought it from. It's a very weird one. I don't know where the threshold is there. I mean, there must be something in the terms and conditions that says that if it gets bad enough, you can get your money back. Um, That's a really yeah. great point. That's a great point. I just don't know where that threshold is. And it's such a, a kind of industry that's based on trust, isn't it? Because we, we'll probably all buy the the season passes for the, the next year. Um, but kind of back to the car analogy, you wouldn't put down money on a car that you've never seen, don't know what the performance is, <laughs> I've no idea what it looks like, what the interior is like and things. And that's kind of the situation you find yourself in with um, kind of committing to a, an annual kind of content drop. And it's, it's good that we've got the visibility now the next three years in terms of the big DLCs. That's certainly a big help because it kind of gives you a little bit of confidence in the direction. But it's, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's bittersweet, but it it's not, it's just about a month, you know? So it's not yeah. a really long time, thankfully, you know? So that that's, I guess, this, you know, the silver lining, you know, in it all, so. I mean, at least they're not reducing the raid the day that, well, the week that Cyberpunk drops. I mean, that would be a nightmare, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, I mean, they're releasing it the weekend. So that's that's going to be interesting. I mean, like, guys, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know probably some people wanted it that first week, you know, because of cyberpunk. But I think they also thought, you know, it's like we want people to enjoy Beyond Light. We don't want them to rush through everything and then have to slog through a raid for you know hours in a yeah, day yeah. you know too so they wanted to just give you a little bit more time for that so i i i, I like it though be interesting to see how the um if the community gets a little bit fragmented around then because i know obviously the hype around cyberpunk means that people are going to play it and if there's people on the fence about the dlc it's going to be quite hard to convince them away from it i think oh yeah mm -hmm. but but we'll see. I don't think we'll be short of people, but still, I think from an, an overall standpoint, it'd be an interesting trend to see anyway.
it'll be the third day of cyberpunk you know being out and there's so obviously there's gonna be lots of people still playing playing that but but there will be people come off that game to play the raid though too yeah sure that's, that's, i'll probably still be in the character creation screen by three days i'm a nightmare <laughs> at games like that <laughs> i can't decide what beard i want <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm pretty excited for cyberpunk and it's going to be really interesting to see how cyberpunk impacts the destiny raid and will people stop playing cyberpunk to get ready for the raid because i mean we know it's not going to be a matter of just hop on when the weekend begins and you're you're ready to play the raid you're gonna have to prepare so it's going to be interesting but it's to see that now we have a lot more time to prepare where it doesn't feel like oh the game's out that week and that very you have to pretty much brass off to get ready for that raid because it becomes a pretty grueling experience that grind point. your ass off exactly <laughs> i think this will be the so, first year that i actually um watch the raid race and don't try and do it myself i don't think i can do it to myself this year <laughs> i think i'm gonna try and uh, gather a few friends and get a few beers and um check out the redeem guys i think and uh let this this prize be spoiled for once but enjoy the content it'd be just nice to beat it in the 24 hours to get that special emblem yeah i feel like you know yeah for sure i want to get the redacket oh you got you got some time for that you got to like i believe sometime in december so they you know they give you a little bit of time yeah awesome so anubis on that note can you tell us a little bit more about Project Atheon and what that is? Yeah, so um, and the kind of lack of ability to do events um, and kind of raise money for charity, I was trying to find something I could do that was going to do some good. So I kind of had a, an unfortunate situation in the last couple of years where I, my mum went through um, having cancer and had a big operation and she's still kind of struggling on the back end of it. And I think a lot of people see people go through cancer and don't really understand how much it impacts their lives after the treatment, even though they might be cured, might be better. Um, it's still very difficult for them to kind of get back into normal life, get back into working life and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was a few months ago, I was just messing around thinking, oh, what kind of fun fan art thing could I do? So I was like, I'm going to try and make these little um, kind of collector's cards of community members. So I kind of let's put a tweet out being like, does anyone want one of these cards? I'm going to do a few illustrations, kind of throw them together just for a bit of fun. Um, and the engagement level was through the roof. <laughs> like everybody wanted one of these cards making. Um, the first one I did was for um, Connie. And... Um, kind of combining those two together, I thought, actually, there's an opportunity here to kind of give the the community something, give me a way to kind of be constantly engaged with the community as I'm not kind of doing the event side of things again, whilst also doing some good and raising some money for, um, for people who have been through cancer treatment, essentially. So Project Athian was kind of named as a result of kind of the time traveling association with um, the Vex, really, in that these guys that kind of go through this treatment aren't able to turn back time. So um, that's kind of where the name came from. So the, the plan is to kind of create these digital cards that will be sold as digital, um, digital prints and digital downloads initially. And then when we get to a point where we've got enough cards in there to make a deck, hopefully by Guardian Con next year, we'll make a physical deck that we can then sell as well to raise funds for, for that cause. 
Um, so Glad's agreed to be the first card. He's just sent over his signature, actually. So I've got to uh, <coughs> copy his signature in Photoshop now to <laughs> get it onto the card. Um, so he'll be the first one, and then we'll kind of develop a deck of cards of content creators, probably a mixture of um, some of the big guys that I'm friendly with, as well as people that just want to donate and be part of it as well to be kind of put on one of these cards. So you'll be able to select your class, like your weapon, armor set, kind of color scheme and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of um, build that all into the card. So yeah, it should be fun. That sounds like such a really great cause and definitely keep us posted. And I will definitely be picking up my deck of cards when you have that out. So definitely keep us posted. That sounds like a really awesome way to support a really great That's cause. Awesome. Yeah, true. And and we wish we wish your mom a speedy recovery as well. And and we wish her all the best as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I've got her to thank for my uh, creativity. Actually, certainly comes from uh, her side of the family. <laughs> mm. So uh, use what she gave me to kind of give a bit back to her. That'd be <laughs> the interesting loop that you see with uh, as your parents get older. I think. Mm -hmm. definitely the circle of life and you also have a podcast anubis that you have called the reactor can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so the, the reactor is the educational arm of get Red labs really so one of the main reasons for launching the business was obviously like from our side an enjoyment standpoint like a, from a work day-to-day -day standpoint it's super enjoyable we love what we do um, but it was also, I saw quite a big gap in education. So if you if you want to be a plumber or you want to be a doctor, like there's always a, a formal training route that you can go down, whether that's kind of apprenticeships or whether you go to college or whether you, you go through a kind of a, a formal educational process. And becoming a content creator is becoming more viable like, every day. And it's we, we all know people that have got full-time careers in that business, but they've, they've all had to learn it their own at their own steam and like by experience there's no kind of direction so the reactor was really born to try and fill that gap um so to provide <clears throat> an educational platform for guys that want to kind of grow their channels or if they're just getting into it or they're trying to diversify their content across different uh, medias whether they're looking to get into youtube as well as twitch facebook and all that kind of stuff um and kind of use my more formal marketing background um, as a basis for that, as well as the experience of creators that have kind of been there and done that. Um, so we, we started off with live events. So we had Arex and Cyborg Angel, who are two big creators over here, who came and shared their experience with, with our community. And then when, obviously, all the COVID restrictions um, landed, we started to like, think about how we can still do this, but kind of in an online format. So we thought, obviously, streaming these kind of um, roundtable discussions was the way to go. Um, so we've done a few now. So we've done three so far, um, and then we've got another one coming on the 29th of October, um, and we'll be announcing our guest list for that next week. But we're gonna we're looking at kind of the practical standpoint of when do you make the decision of being a full time content creator. So what factors you need to consider before you take the plunge? Like what kind of numbers should you be doing? Like how much do you think you should be earning really before you can kind of take the risks to go and do that? Um, so we've got a few guys that have been through that process in different ways that are going to tell us the kind of the pitfalls of that and how how to avoid them in the future and how to prepare yourself for kind of making that jump when you're ready so it should be a really interesting one very cool and now is that a live podcast that you um have at a specific day and time yep so it's the 29th of october at, um 10 p.m uk time which is 5 p.m eastern awesome nice. awesome very so cool 
And we will definitely make sure to uh, check that out and we'll include the information and all the links in our show notes for this episode. Oh, thank you. Very kind, thank you. Uh, Anubis, so on that note, and of course, um, what would you say is next for you and for Get Wrecked Labs? That's a good question. Um, it's kind of grown a lot faster than we thought it was going to. So we're kind of we're rebalancing at the moment. I think we're we're so busy that we're kind of very much in delivery mode at the minute. So it's kind of finding the time to take take a step back. And I think something that we're trying to do um, as a small team is it's a very rare situation you get where you get to build a company culture from scratch. So we're just trying to make sure that we're we're bringing the right people into the business. Everyone's got the right attitude. The way we're communicating with our communities all. Um, done in the correct way, just to make sure we've got a really strong base moving forward. And I think we are we're going to have to expand the team. I think we're going to be looking for probably our next role will be a marketing executive to come in and help out with some of the core marketing activities, which could be a, a very exciting opportunity for someone that wants to get into the gaming industry because I don't think that you didn't really need gaming experience to work in the gaming industry as long as you've got some practical um, skills that can cross over from a, a project management and marketing standpoint so i'm excited to hopefully give someone else the opportunity to kind of make the jump into the industry like we did um but yeah but who knows i mean the the events obviously a big thing for us we're going to keep pushing with that and we're developing our partnerships on a, on a daily basis to try and bring in some more brands to support us with um with what we're doing so we work quite closely with advanced um so I'm quite good friends with Farcog, who's the founder. And we actually met through running Destiny tournaments in Destiny 1, <laughs> believe it or not. And now we kind of run our own businesses. So um, they've got a very similar ethos to us. Um, the guys at Gamer Advantage have been great. We very much believe in what they're doing in terms of kind of gamer health and making sure that people aren't disrupting their um, their sleeping patterns too much by being sat in front of a, a digital screen until 3 a.m. every day. <laughs> so it's kind of developing those relationships and just doing it in the right way, really, just to make sure that um, we kind of maintain our, our kind of positive outlook on things. So, so watch Very this nice. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it sounds like an amazing opportunity, and we'll definitely be uh, looking out for that as well. Very yeah, cool. continued success. Continued success. Yeah. Thank That's you, man. Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of every day I wake up and think, when does this fall over? <laughs> like it's just like that constant paranoia that drives me forward to working long days. So, um, yeah, but I think it's the industry is growing so quickly. The, the opportunity is huge, and um, we can see that. And it's just, I say, making sure that we, we don't make the same mistakes as some of the other people that have kind of treaded the same path, because you can see some of our competitors that are kind of expanded kind of way too quickly and the quality of work is extremely variable. It's very difficult to kind of control what you're producing when you kind of get to that scale. And I think a big part of what we do is that we kind of pride ourselves on the kind of our communication and making sure that everybody's comfortable through the process. Cause at the end of the day, they're spending money to, to kind of bring your ideas to life. So it's, um, it's very important that we treat that with respect. So. Very cool. Well, that's so well said. And Anubis, thank you so much for, sharing your amazing journey with us tonight you have a remarkable story an amazing work ethic and you are an incredible incredible graphics designer the work that you and your team puts out is absolutely phenomenal and we're so grateful for your time tonight so thank you so much for joining us but thank you so much for having me on i say it's been a while since i've been on a, a destiny podcast and it's been a 
been a pleasure talking to you guys. It's been a lot of fun. So I wish you guys all the best success with the podcast. And I know it's going to be a, a big time for you when um, Beyond Light comes out. So, um, yeah, all the best for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank very you. much. And, yeah. and Anubis, before we let you go, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you do? Um, so my personal Twitter is Anubis Gaming. And then all the if you're interested in the design side and marketing side, then Get Wrecked Labs um, is where everything else is. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter's our most active. Just obviously, it's where most of our community are. Um, and then if you want to see, um, we've got about 300 examples on our website now, creators that we've worked with in our portfolio. So if you want to see a lot of colorful things moving around on a screen, then uh, definitely check that out. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, my friend. And it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and learning about your journey. And we wish you all the best. And we'll definitely be looking out for some of your other projects, including your podcast, including Project Atheon, and also your upcoming work with Get Wrecked. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we hope you have an awesome rest of your night. Thank you, gents. Yeah, thanks, Anubis. Appreciate it. Uh, cheers, guys. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Well, what a show. And, you know, we have a bit more to talk about here tonight, Shadow Price. Mm -hmm. And we just got to learn so much about Anubis. But we have a weekly update that came out. And this one we're going to dedicate to our community manager, Deej who will be leaving tonight. Well, not tonight. He'll be leaving November next 6th. month, November yeah. 6th. And so what's, what's going on with the Bungie Weekly Update this week, Shadow Price? Well, we, uh, we got our friendly neighborhood, Deej. Uh, he, did the, he did the TWAB this week. And the first thing he goes on to talk about is that uh, we're going to be the new raid is going to be launching in uh and beyond light on uh november 21st yes saturday so it's going to be about a week and a half after beyond light launches and uh he goes on to say that this should give you plenty of time to get ready and uh we assemble see you assemble those fire teams and conspiring how to power up your way to the competitive level and we hear you asking when you should call in sick well now you know so go get to finalizing your plans so here are some other things that we uh, would need to know. That contest mode will cap all players at 20 power below each encounter for 24 hours. <clears throat> and that the artifact power will be disabled during contest mode. So 1230 power is like 1230 power. They're not even saying light. They're saying power. 1230 power is your team's goal to be at the cap for all the encounters. And being above 1230 will not provide any additional advantage in the fight. Interesting. So 1230 is, is the cap to get into the raid. Now we know what the number is. The yeah. maximum light that we are able to achieve currently is 1060, correct? Right. Well, no, yeah. 10, 1080 with the artifact, but... Well, the artifact's going to go away at the end of the season. So the artifact is going away, so it's 1060. Yep. So that means that we have... 170 170 power levels to climb that kind of gives us an indication for what we're going to be doing in the next 
expansion. Now, my question to you is, do you think the entire leveling from 1060 to 1230 will be a part of playing the story? Or do you think some of it will be continuing to play things like public events and crucible and strikes? I would imagine they would probably incorporate nightfalls into it as well, where you have to play the nightfall in order to reach whatever the minimum power cap would be. Yeah, and hopefully they'll have a new end game activity, you know, that to do after, you know, you get through the the campaign. You know, so uh and I'm sure they're going to, you know, have like the mild pinnacle pursuits, you know, to play like the dungeons. Even though the one dungeon's going away, so that actually I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what yeah. kind of end game they're going to provide between you know beyond light launching and the raid coming out but i imagine there's going to be something there right it's got to be yeah we I mean, get all the way to twelve thirty power so they're gonna have to give us something i would imagine we would probably have to play things like nightfall strikes in order and, to uh, and probably activities on europa i imagine right i'm sure there's yeah. going to be some end game style activities that we're going to do on europa after we get through the campaign I believe in one of the videos that we saw for the trailers for Beyond Light, they showed something that looked a lot like a replayable activity that's part of Endgame. And I would imagine that we would get something along those lines, especially with the dungeon going away temporarily. Mm -hmm. Um, So I still see that being you know, something that they continue to incorporate into the game. Yeah. My hope. Yeah. (laughs) My hope is that the majority of the leveling that we do in order to get to that 1230 power cap would not involve something like playing public events. That's just my hope because uh, I think that, I don't know, you know, it would be a bit of a disservice to the game in my opinion, for what we're getting. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they change that. No, you yeah, know? I would like to be doing new activities, you know, new new pursuits. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be doing the same old public events, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and look at this. Look at the world's first emblem. That looks really cool. It kind of reminds me of this retro-y look. It, it kind of looks like Pac-Man. Do you see that? Or am I crazy? Are you looking at the purple one? Yeah, the purple one. It looks like it looks a bit like Pac-Man. Oh yeah, a little bit. I didn't notice that little that uh, figure on there. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't notice that at first, but I, I like the color, and I see what you mean by the Pac-Man by the little like little like the dots on there and or the dashes or whatever, right? That you're kind of like referring to. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is a cool emblem. And actually, that is your world's, uh, that is your uh, 24-hour emblem right there. That's the emblem you get for completing it within 24 hours. Oh, that's the 24-hour. Okay. Yeah. So what about that red one down bottom? Is that the, the general that will one? Be, that's... Yeah, it's the general one for finishing the raid. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what can we gather from the art design from this emblem? I would imagine that symbol in the middle, that's 
that has some kind of symbolism to the boss that we'll be fighting in this raid. Yeah, it does. I feel like I've seen that symbol before, but I can't put my finger on it where exactly where I've seen it. But maybe it has something to do with the enemies on Europa, possibly. You know, the enemies, factions, you know, the, the things that are gonna, we're going to be encountering in the Deep Stone Crypt. Yeah. Um, and so. I'm almost expecting pyramid-like structures. We see the color red. So it almost is a symbolism of Siva-like creatures. Well, under so. the surface of Europa is red, too. You know how it's like that glowing red? Um, so it might have something to do with that as well, possibly. Um, yeah, no, it's really cool. And uh, there's just a little bit of uh, commentary here that uh, that was us. You know, they went on to say that they said that this year, the ritual for naming the winners will be different. Um, that following all the immediate fanfare and bustle that follows the checkered flag. Um, so they're they're going to be they're not going to be doing announcing the uh, the world's first uh, winner right away. They said they're gonna um, there will be an award ceremony that's going to take place, um, and that like they said they said expect the official announcement for world's first to come a bit later than usual, and that disqualifications can happen per the uh, official rules. So finish strong, even if you hear your rumors of another team's victory. Um, and they say, once we validate the mission completion, we'll enter the names into history and that every member of the six player fire team who is certified as the world's first finishers will receive a title belt as their ultimate reward and that they'll unveil the new belt closer to the start of the race. And so, yeah. So what are these rules that we're going to have to now follow? Um, they, they do have a webpage for that. Deepstone Crypt world first rules and legal terms. Um, legal terms? It does say legal terms. And wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the first caption says fire teams who wish to compete in the world's first race for the Deepstone Crypt raid will be able to do so when the raid launches on November 21st, 2020 at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Please see the rules below for legal terms of the Deepstone Crypt World's first rewards. So the rules go on to say that the first team of six to complete the Deepstone Crypt raid will be declared world's first by Bungie from at Bungie on Twitter after verification from our analytics team. If a fire team cycled through different members during the activity, the final six remaining upon the completion of the final encounter will be declared the winners and be awarded raid world's first title belts. The first fire team must loot the final chest before returning to orbit or their finish may not be recorded. A team's official finish will be recorded when they return to orbit. So you must return to orbit after you complete it and you must open the final chest. And then there are legal terms. This contest is void where any aspect of the contest is prohibited by law or where registration, bonding or translation is required. Bungie reserves the right to disqualify any participant who, in Bungie's reasonable suspicion, tampers with the game, violates their terms, or acts in an unsportsmanlike or disruptive manner. Bungie reserves the right in the sole discretion and without prior notice to suspend or cancel the contest or alter the rules for any reason. So that's what we have there for the rules and the legal ramifications. All right. Well, now we know. So don't tamper with it. Don't uh, dashboard. 
is that even a thing anymore dashboarding mm, with I don't, next gen consoles probably not so much yeah not so much at all <laughs> um and you know we yeah. also got some uh not so hot news and we we kind of talked about it just a little bit earlier today the next generation of consoles well they're not being delayed but destiny 2 the update that allows for you to play in 60 frames is being delayed until December 6th. Before you talk about that really quick, I just want to mention one more thing. There is a raid jacket this year. Um, it will be purchased through Bungie Rewards. And if you finish the raid before December 1st, 9 a.m. Pacific, you can claim your code. Um, you can use that code to make a purchase at any time before 11.59 p.m. Pacific on December 31st. So you have to December 1st to complete it, and you have to December 31st to redeem that code. And if they'll show off the preview of the jacket closer to the launch of the raid. Okay, cool. Well, there we have it. Mm -hmm. So there will be a raid jacket. We will have the opportunity to buy one. And more than likely, it's going to be easier for you to get that raid jacket because we now have until December to claim it. So that's interesting that Bungie is doing that. Yeah, it looks like 10 days. You have 10 days to complete it, the raid. Wow. So it's a good amount of time. Interesting. And then we also have the next generation of gaming. We have delays for the next gen update that will allow for you to play on the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 5, and the Xbox Series S in 60 frames and either 4K or 1080p, respectively. What do you think yeah. of this, Shadow Price? It, it kind of sucks. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was so looking forward to be able to play, maybe not on day one, like because I want to play on my PC first start off with. But right around that first weekend, I was looking to play like on the new consoles, you know, because we're getting the new consoles on Series X because, you know, Beyond Light was going to be in Game Pass. So it sucks. But I understand that, you know, these things take time in a year full of uncertainty that they needed a little extra time to get these upgrades uh, done for these consoles. I mean... Even the Series S, you're going to be able to play in 60 frames. So that's that's pretty good, actually. You know, people who ha aren't able to get a Series X but do end up getting the cheaper option, the Series S, they'll be able to play in 60 frames and have an FOV slider and take advantage of those fast load times. So that's huge, actually. Now, how do you think this will impact the world's first raid challenge for everyone? Especially, I mean, a lot of players who play the game are not on PC. Yeah, I mean, the advantage is still going to be on PC just, you know, because of the faster frames and, and especially during even the raid race because these upgrades are not going to be available till after, you know. So you're still, you're going to get the load time um, improvements still, though, because those SSDs are able to at least... Uh, help with the load, the loading, the faster loading of the game. Um, but unfortunately, they won't be in. It won't be in 4K. It'll, you know, 
hopefully it'll be a smoothed out 30. I mean, I don't, I don't know how smooth a 30 can look on, you know, consoles that obviously can do way more than 30 frames. Um, but hopefully it'll be a smooth experience for, you know, the people that are on those consoles on the new consoles. I mean, we'll have the new consoles, but I probably won't, I'm not going to lie. I probably won't play on it till this patch, you know, till they, this upgrade is out and available on the new systems. Yeah. I mean, at this point I may just keep the consoles in the box sealed until the update comes out because the reason why I am buying these consoles is to be able to experience Destiny 2. And it, it is a little disappointing because we were, we were expecting to play this like, you know, right around that first day when we got the new consoles and we wanted to set it up like, ooh, you experience Destiny in 4K60. Having to wait another month kind of sucks. So, so I mean, I mean it yeah. sounds like they're just not optimizing the frames. What from what do you think from a technical standpoint would create the delay for them to bring this to life on November 10th? Just probably, you know, not probably not getting the dev kits on time, maybe. You know, I mean, that's a possibility. You know, yeah. with so many things that got delayed with the uh, the consoles this year. I mean, we did not get announced. We did not get formal like prices and anything until like last month for these systems. It literally so, happened at least you know two weeks before the release. So it was not a lot of time for us to prepare or know the price. We speculated. We had some ideas for the four ninety nine price point, but we didn't know hundred percent. We were right. I think we were right on the money. We were like we we pretty much said four ninety nine for the newer ones or for the disc based ones, and you know the the digital PS five. Like we had a feeling it was going to be four hundred. Um, you know that was that was we kind of we kind of hypothesized that, but. I feel like that's where the delay is just, you know, uh, game, a lot of things with the game, like for them to get beyond light out, you know, to just to get it out at, in November, you know, with, with this year, the way it's been with cyberpunk having to delay how many times it has in other games, having to delay and push right out of 2020, even, you know, it's, it's a surprise that it's even coming out when it is, I guess. Yeah. And also another feature that we didn't quite talk about is the field of view slider that will now be available on consoles for the first time ever in Destiny. Yeah, which makes these consoles more like PCs than ever before. When you think about it, they've never had the field of view like sliders. Um, You know, and we've been able to experience that on PC, you know, for a long time now. You know, seeing these numbers and seeing these promises are you skeptical at all knowing how more expensive a pc would cost and how much more powerful a pc has to be to run games in 4k 60 even uh yes and and a little bit of no yes and no just because we've we've come so far you know um with our technology you know the the last systems before this were, were were severely underpowered. The processors were anemic. 
compared to what was the GPU was. You know, it was like it was always being choked. The processor was always being bottlenecked. You know, uh, or the yeah, just the system overall being bottlenecked because of the how weak the processor was. The Jaguar cores were. Um, so even even with the you know the mid gen refreshes, they still did not like. With they the processors were still anemic. They were not impressive, you know. So to finally get this true uh, next gen, you know, upgrade, being able to play at four K sixty, that's like that's like a true upgrade right there, you know. So, and I've never played anything in four K sixty. So this is gonna it's. I don't know why I got yeeted out of the room. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, I, you just kind of stopped talking. Okay. I got <laughs> yeeted. I don't know. What, <laughs> I was, I was talking one second and I just went, zoop. <laughs> I was gone. Well, it wasn't me. So. Uh, yeah. It's on the recording on my recording, but you know, yeah. So, uh, no, I was just saying like, I think it's going to, I was, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised just because how far we've gone, come with our technology, you know, and it's um, being able to see this true upgrade 4k 60. I've never experienced it. I've never seen something in 4k 60. So like, it's going to, it's exciting. It sucks that it's going to have to wait for, you know, extra month, but it, it is what it is, you know? So I'll be looking forward to it when I can experience that. And we also learned in this update that the raid is coming out the weekend of Cyberpunk. Was that a yeah. smart move, Shadow Price? Uh, I think they were caught between a rock and a hard place. They, they couldn't launch that first week just because they they know how much the community and everybody wanted you know they did not want to have to crunch and and grind so much that first week that we can't enjoy the content you know that it was just i think overall they looked at it across the way and it just was like you know it makes more sense for us to launch it you know the the following week you know and i'm okay with it you know it's just i it just gives us more time to enjoy the new content you know and yes it does bump up against cyberpunk and that's you know what do you what are you gonna do you know it is what it is you know it's like you, you do all you can you you try to fit your you know game into your certain uh timelines and you know where it aligns for you and what works best for you you know you gotta do what you gotta do as a company you know so i mean that's I feel like they had to make that decision based on the uh, the needs or the they had the bet. I feel like they had the people's best interests at heart when they made the decision. So, do you think it's going to affect the player base doing the raid with how big um, Cyberpunk is? If you still like Destiny, no, I think people are going to jump in and play on that raid on day one. Um, but there there could be some people who just were are so excited for cyberpunk and will not you know waver and be like no even though the raid is launching i'll play it like 
next week or something because I really want to play Cyberpunk this weekend. The people who are not the hardcore will not be, you know, they're not going to be there day one anyways for the raid. So that's how I feel about it. And we also learned a few more things. If you're playing Festival of the Lost, we have some good news for you. There is an update that was deployed because Bungie received a lot of feedback about the scarcity of these cipher keys. Mm -hmm. And there were some updates deployed. Two updates. One, Bungie deployed a fix that will dramatically increase cipher decoder drop rates from completing activities throughout the game. Bungie will continue to monitor the situation to determine if further updates are necessary. You may need to restart your game in order for the update to push through as of October 8th. So that was uh, last week. And then another update from Bungie Help. We further adjusted drop rates for cipher decoders. So two drops per activity completions were now applicable. They will continue to monitor the situation over the weekend as well. Please note, cipher keys do not drop from the following enemy. From the following enemy kills, gambit, forges, and non-playlist strikes. So, yep, so you can't AFK the forges. <laughs> you can't AFK the forges. Sorry. Yep. But um, apparently the cipher keys were not plentiful in Festival of the Lost and Bungie reacted quickly. So that's good. I'm glad to see that Bungie is reacting to player feedback about the drop rates and they acted fairly quickly on this. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially with a limited time activity, you know, you only have a certain amount of time to get these ciphers. It, you know, makes sense that you don't, you know, stifle people in trying to get them when there's only a short period of time to be able to do it, to get all the rewards. And Shadow Price, I know that uh, Bungie also made a favorable update to some of the Festival of the Lost rewards. What did Bungie change this week with that? Uh, they said uh, that since these changes went live, we've seen many Guardians claiming their mummified ghosts, ship, and sparrow from Eva Levante in the tower. With candy raining down from your defeated enemies and ciphers doled out, out after completed activities, we hope this event feels much more rewarding. So Festival of Lost Bungie Rewards, they go on to say that, are also a bit more accessible even to those who see themselves as casual gamers in the realm of destiny, complete the introductory quests and redeem 15 ciphers to unlock the Sh Shade Hollow emblem and Restless Ghost Shell pin on your Bungie Rewards page. And they want to say thank you to sound it off, all that sounded off at the beginning of the event. We continue to watch the conversation as it evolves and hope you're enjoying the event since the changes went live. Cool. Awesome. And then we have some more stuff in the Bungie Weekly Update. We have the Bungie Community Artist Series returning. And we have quite a few things that are available now on the Bungie Store. We have new art pieces that are available on the store. We also have a new shirt that's available. 
and our friend Gamma Trap created a piece of art called Blade in the Dark. That looks so, so sick. That looks incredible. Like that, that absolutely looks amazing. Really, it, it really does. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> Very cool. And what does Gamma Trap go on to say about his art? Uh, he says, uh, "Hi, I'm Gamma Trap, and I've been an artist in the Destiny community since D1, drawing art based on the lore and stories from Island Games." I spent the better part of the last five years learning and practicing various styles so that I can be flexible as possible in order to tell these stories. Along with marketing art for the community, I also like to go to the D2 directory on Twitch, start from the lowest view count, and look for newer streamers and surprise them with free art or graphic assets that might need for their streams to help encourage them because I like seeing people grow. And these items are live in the store right now. Remember when you... Help yourself to these offerings. You are supporting these excellent artists for our community. From our community. So that's... Uh, yeah, and we also have some awesome. more stuff. We have the Cult of Nacris t-shirt that's available. And that is created by Farian Online. And then also we have another piece of art called ghastly guardians that looks pretty cool too and that's in a halloween theme and that is created by a young artist in the philippines so uh, very cool to see destiny community artists and fans get featured in the weekly update that's really cool to see we did talk about the cipher decoders and the changes that are happening with that so we do know about that uh end mm. of the season preparations uh, Bungie is updating the end of the in-game season timer to reflect that season of the arrivals will conclude at 7 p.m. Pacific on November 9th. Players will have until that time to complete any season of arrivals, quests, activities, triumphs before they become unavailable. So if there's anything that you have left to finish in the game, before Season of Arrivals expires, you have until November 9th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Mm. And we also got some new movies of the week. And Shadow Price, last segment before we wrap things up for the evening, it's called One Last Time. So what is this segment all about, Shadow Price? Uh, this is from our friendly community manager, uh, Deej, who will, uh, well, I'll read this and you guys can uh, figure out what's happening here. Uh, so it's titled One Last Time, and this is from our buddy Deej. Uh, what, he goes on to say, when the business of this weekly ritual is done, the author usually closes on a personal note. So gather around and let me tell you a story. Once upon a time on November 7th, 2011, after telling my family that I was running away from home to join the circus, I started my very first day at Bungie. I was starry-eyed, terrified, and in no way prepared for the triumphs and trials that awaited us all. Fast forward to now, past dozens of events, hundreds of deployments, thousands of patch notes, and millions of spent shell casings from my service regime. My last day at Bungie will be November 6th, 2020 thus closing out a full nine years in the service of the player. 
It has truly been an honor. I'll never forget having the chance to see this community come together and create its own movement. The next destination on my professional journey lies down another path, but I'll always enjoy retracing the steps we've taken together. I've made a lot of stops in a career that has spanned many different lives. One of my earliest mentors gifted me some wisdom that has proven true time and time again. Always be engineering yourself out of a job and replace yourself with someone better, he insisted. The truest measure of success is building something that can thrive in your absence. Bungie has been a very special place where I could do just that. The teams that I've had the privilege to work with will carry the conversation forward from here, and as they have for years now. They are a fine group of people who care about you as much as the awesome developers who work so tirelessly to create these worlds that we explore together. In so many ways, the community managers who are here to succeed me are better than I ever was in at anticipating your curiosities. Stick close to them, and they'll keep treating you like the heroes that you are. I'm proud to say that I'm leaving Bungie even more of a fan when I arrived those nine years ago. Whoever warned that you should never meet your heroes didn't have the chance to work in a place like this. I'm talking... I'm taking with me a lifetime of incredible memories of Guardians I would have never known otherwise. Destiny will continue to be an amazing game, and in part because of you. The people who play Bungie games together are the pride and joy of this company. It has been my pleasure to keep our community tradition strong during my time up front. Let us not say goodbye, my friends. Beyond Light is an experience that I'll share in, with each of you. You'll still see me around for the weeks leading up to launch, and then I'll be reverting back to my original role as a passionate member of this community. See you on Europa. Thank you for everything. And please do be excellent to each other. Deej out. That was a quite an amazing piece there by our, our old pal Deej. And uh, he will be missed. I think he was awesome for this game. He was awesome for, as a community manager. He was so lively and just like always was ready and filled with energy and just an amazing human being. So that's my, uh, um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a bit unexpected, at least for me. I think that, uh, I was really surprised to see that, uh, Deej is going to be stepping down. Yeah, I was surprised to see how quick the TWAB came out today, too. So it's like he had this, like, prepared, I feel like, you know, for a bit here. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's bittersweet, you know. It, you like, you, you feel kind of, like, sad that he's going, but you're also, you know, happy for him, too, because he gets to start the next chapter of his life, whatever he is going to be doing. You know, and we wish him all the best. So, yeah. What a, what a way to close out a TWAB, huh? What a way to close it out. Yeah. One more. Hi, I'm Deej from Bungie. No more, unfortunately, <laughs> until, I mean, we might get one more when he, if he comes on stream again. But <laughs> that was my takeaway. Like Deej always like, I just, it, it, it kind of became a meme. It's like, hi, I'm Deej from Bungie. And it's just like, and I would just go and um, mimic it all the time because I thought it was kind of hilarious how he 
he did that. So I'm going to miss that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be really missed. And I think that uh, he has been an important part of the Destiny community. I think that he made the Destiny community great. He created a gaming community that has come together in a way that not many communities can in the world of gaming. He, each and every week, released weekly updates that informed us about everything that's happening in the world of Destiny. He kept us engaged. He kept us in the loop. And he helped create a connection between the Guardians and the developers who make the game that we play. And he was an important part of this franchise. And I really hope that um, he has all the best of luck in his next journey. And we are grateful for everything that he's, he has done for this community. So thank you, Deej out. Yeah, thank, thank you, Deej. So Shadow Price, on that note, we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. So we're going to kick things off. How would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls? Well, we're not getting the new update on the new systems till December 8th. So that I would almost like go and dock points for, but you know what? I can't, I can't dock any points from this. Like this, Deej put his heart into this, you know, it just shows how amazing of, you know, a person he is. And, you know, it's how he's like fostered this community and just, he's just such a, such a up, outstanding individual. And, you know, it's like, we've all kind of rallied around him. Uh, how, you know, it just, he just, he's a, he's just a very pleasant person, you know, and it's like, and I think this was a pretty, pretty cool send off. And, you know, how fitting that he was able to, you know, close this out and then uh, give that awesome piece at the end, you know, his his thoughts um, as only Deej would. So, yeah, I mean, this is a five out of five, you know, five spicy tuna rolls. Um, I, I, I can't I can't dock anything from this. So, yeah, five. Yeah, um, so. I kind of have to agree with you on this because I think that in a way the delay with the game coming optimized for next gen being delayed by a month. I think that's a really big hit for the game. Mm -hmm. I also think it wasn't the right move for them to launch the raid the same weekend that cyberpunk was coming out i think cyberpunk is too big of a game for them to just compete with at that time i just don't think that was the right move that being said um you know deej is a really special person in our community he had a really huge impact on what we do and to give him a proper send-off, I'll give it a five out of five spicy tuna rolls. So Shadow Price, on that mm -hmm. note, 
we've come to that time. Where can the Guardians learn more about you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and uh, also here on the Destiny Show podcast. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And Guardians, you can learn more about the Destiny Show podcast on destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at the destiny show you can find us every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific on twitch twitch.tv forward slash the destiny show and you can find us on every major platform we're on apple google spotify stitcher and the list goes on and guardians thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the destiny show podcast and we'll see you all next week good night everyone Deej out. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.